Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. John chapter 7, we want to continue with this that we've been on skilled in the flow. And this is the fourth part of this. And the Lord's had us focused in all of our services, if, uh, if you've been with us on Wednesday nights and, and, uh, and uh, the different services, on, on flowing in the Holy Spirit and, and the importance of hearing, the importance of recognizing. And where this came from, Pastor Michelle and I were sitting around the breakfast table one morning talking, and uh, uh, we began to talk about these flows of the Holy Spirit. And some years ago, the Lord gave me that phrase. Now, I'm not saying I came up with it. He gave it to me some years ago that, that there are seven different flows of the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, Jesus outlined them, and we'll talk about them. But the key is being skilled in the flow. Anything that you do with skill works for you. I have to become skilled in it. You know, the, the, the worship team this morning... I was listening to the last, uh, was it Sunday before last, the Holy Spirit gave us that song, you know, I'm going to change my heart, I'm going to change my life, I'm turning to the light of the word. And I was listening to the music and the musicians and it just sounded so great and, and they were doing such a wonderful job. Well, they're skilled. Amen. There are people that know what a guitar is, but if they pick it up and try to play it, you recognize very quickly they're not skilled. We had, a, we had a person one time wanted to, wanted to uh, be on the praise team. And at that time, I was the, the, the head of the praise team. And uh, I said, well, you know, you, you got to try out. Uh, because, you know, we, we, we don't know you. <laughs> we don't know how you play. And uh, so uh, Kathleen was here. And uh, uh, we, we, we picked a, a simple song to play. And, and uh, so the person sat down and, and began to... Uh, <clears throat> Try to play, and um, I recognize real quick. No, <laughs> ain't gonna work. Why? No skill. Was he a good person? Yes. Have a good heart? Yes. Did he have skill? No. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. I can have the Holy Spirit, and we all do if we're born again. I can be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I can have access to these seven flows, but I have to be skilled in them. I have to be skilled. The key is to be skilled. And so John chapter 7, glory to God, I got a feeling. Amen. John chapter 7, verse 37 it says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly or out of his innermost being, out of his spirit, shall flow. Everybody say flow. flow. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when Brother Bill gets up, everybody starts saying flow. And he passes out a $100 bill. I'm not. 
All right. But anyway, everybody say flow. See, it will flow rivers of living waters. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now notice this, first of all, that verse 39 is what we refer to as a parenthetical statement. In other words, it's there for explanation. It's, it's inspired because it's in the Word, but it's there for explanation. It says, Jesus said, if any man come to me, let him drink. And out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And then John makes this parenthetical statement to explain it. He was speaking of the Spirit. So that lets me know that because he's speaking of the Spirit, and I have the same Spirit, that that flow applies to me. Right? There's nothing Spirit-wise that Jesus flowed in that I can't flow in. Because Jesus was not who he was just because he was special. Jesus did what he did because he was a man anointed by God. Jesus had to be filled with the Holy Ghost just like you have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? So during... This season, this is the Feast of Tabernacles, a very rejoicing time, joyous time. As a matter of fact, they said about this time, they said, if you didn't, if you didn't ever see the rejoicing at this feast time, you didn't know what rejoicing was. Because they shouted, they danced, they danced in the streets, they, they would bring the Torah out in an ark and dance through the streets with it. And the priest would go to the pool of Siloam with a golden pitcher, and he would, he would fill that pitcher with water from the pool of Siloam, and he would bring it back to the temple to pour it out on the altar. And while they're bringing it back, they were quoting and singing Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, with joy we'll draw water out of the well of salvation. And it was a very joyous, rejoicing time. And it's in this setting that Jesus stands up and he makes this emphatic statement in the Greek. It's it's like he's getting their attention and he says, Okay, if anybody's thirsty, come to me and let him drink. And here's what will happen. There will be a flow that will start out of you. Amen. A flow of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. So Jesus said the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit would be rivers that would flow. So there's a Holy Spirit flow for every area of my life. In, in whatever area it may be, there's a, there's a Holy Spirit flow for, for ministry. There's a Holy Spirit flow for marriage, for parenting children, for finances, for all of these different things. I've run into ministers before and they've asked me, how do you avoid the grind of ministry, getting the flow? When you get it, I, I can tell you that I've been doing this now for, well, pastoring this church, 22 full-time years. And it's never been a grind. Amen. Because we got a flow. It, it, however people may look at it, you can think whatever you want about the, the reach of our ministry. What you, but here's the thing. Here's what I know. It's never been a grind. I've never got up one morning and thought, boy, I don't want to do that no more. Because I found what God wanted me to do. And I got in the Holy Spirit. Once you find what God wants you to do, you're good for nothing else. 
And so you get into that flow. And so if something is a grind, there's no lubrication. There, 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 there's nothing oiling the gears. This is the flow of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So there are seven things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do, or seven different flows of the Holy Spirit. And these are all found in John 14, 26, and John 16, 8, and 13, and 14. Um, We're not going to go to all of those, but I'm going to go through them. First of all, he said he would teach us all things. Then he said he would bring to our remembrance what is taught. Thirdly, he would reprove the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. Fourthly, guide us into all truth. Fifthly, speak what he hears. Sixth, he would show us things to come. And number seven, he would glorify Jesus. Seven different flows of the Holy Spirit. Now in John chapter 16 and verse 13. John 16 and verse 13. Notice that Jesus said, How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. For he will not, notice now, don't, don't, don't miss the word there. Here's why. He says he'll guide you into all truth for or because he will not speak of himself. But whatever he hears, that will he speak. And he'll show you things to come. Spirit of truth is so important because out of all the names that Jesus gave the, the, the Holy Spirit, he, he called him the spirit of truth more than any of them. The Spirit of Truth, when He the Spirit of Truth has come. How be it when He the Spirit of Truth has come. He referred to Him as the Spirit of Truth, and we taught about that in the very first message. But the point is, notice, when the Spirit of Truth has come, He will guide us into all truth. Not partial truth. All truth. Why? Because He will not speak of Himself. But whatever he hears, that's what he's going to speak. Now, what happens very often is you'll hear people and they'll say, you know, and I know it's a definition of terms, but people will say, well, you know, the Lord said. Well, in reality, if you want to be exact, the Lord said to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit said to you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the communications arm of the Godhead. He's the one that's communicating. Why is he the one communicating? Because he's the one in the earth. To understand completely the Holy Spirit, the current roles of the Godhead have to be understood. And we're not going to get in depth into that, but if I'm going to understand the role of the Holy Spirit, I've got to understand the current roles of the Godhead. Because you'll hear people and they'll, they'll make statements like this, well, God is in control. Well, that's not possible. And that's not possible according to Scripture. Well, Jesus is in control. No, He's not. That's not possible. Well, the Holy Spirit is in control. No, He's not. There's there's a, a, a qualifier to all of that. God gave all authority to the Son. The Son has all authority. He can change whatever I will believe Him to change. The Holy Spirit can do and control anything that I will allow Him to control. 
Do, do you see this? In 1 John 5 and verse 7, notice what it says. 1 John 5 and 7, it says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, or witness, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And notice, these three are one. These three are one. Now, there's great theological arguments that have been waged over this, but the point is, notice what Scripture says, It says, these three are one. Now, there are not three gods that are all independent and self-existing. This is important. They cooperate with one mind. They cooperate with one purpose. And so, in the truest sense of the word, they're one. Because they're one mind, one purpose, one objective. Right? The Bible says that when you got married, if you're married, that the two of you became one. But yet I see two of you. But yet scripture says you're one. But I see two. Yeah, but scripture says you're one. Well, what does that mean? We're one in thought. We're one in purpose. We're one in direction. What happens when those things get out of play in a family? Everything grinds to a halt. Because there's no unity. And if there's no unity, there's no movement. Amen. Amen. And so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit do not operate independent of each other. They're one mind and one purpose. So in the truest sense of the word, they are one. The Father creates. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus said, all authority, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Well, who gave it to him? The Father. Because who had it? The Father. Who gave it to him? The Father. The Bible says that at the the end of time, after the millennial reign of Christ, that glorious thousand-year reign on on planet earth, when he returns with ten thousands of his saints, which we'll be a part of, right? It says that after that glorious thousand-year reign, that the Son will give all authority back to the Father. And that's when the book of Revelation says, the new city, the new Jerusalem, comes down from heaven as a bride adorned for her bridegroom and touches down on planet earth, and God the Father sets up His throne on the earth forever. And, and, and earth will once again be a theocracy under the control and the guidance of God the Father. But until that time, the Son is in authority. Now why is the Son in authority? Because the Father, when Adam sold us out, He effectively made God an outsider on His own planet. Right? Because the one that had been Lord over the earth gave the authority away. And so God was no longer able to just do on the earth because now man had exercised their free will to go against God and become a supporter of God's enemy. And people say, well, he didn't support him. He gave his authority to him. That was a vote for him. 
And so then over the next, what, 4,000 years of human history, God worked to find men and women that He could get into covenant with and get His purpose and His plan effected in the earth. And the first person He found was Abraham. And what did God ask of Abraham? Now, I'm I'm, I'm giving you the, the Cliff Notes version of this. God dealt with Abraham and made a covenant with Abraham. A blood covenant that Abraham had no part of. Is that right? When, when, when he split those pieces and that blood was running ankle deep on the ground, Abraham was passed out. A deep sleep came on him. And it says he woke up and that he saw a burning lamp and a smoking furnace walking between those pieces. And it says that God said and began to swear an oath to him. Abraham couldn't walk through those pieces because that would have made him equal with God. Amen. God said, this covenant is on me. You have agreed to enter into it with me. And so the doing of it is on me. And that blood did two things. It sealed the covenant and it guaranteed that the enemy is kept out of it. Because when God does things, He does things on the basis of blood. The devil doesn't have any blood. He can't get into the covenant. This covenant is a closed system. When you receive the blood of Jesus into your life, because of what Jesus did, and because Jesus was a son of Abraham and the heir of that covenant, when you receive the blood of Jesus in your life, you also became a partaker of that covenant that God made with Abraham, and there's nothing the devil can do about it. And so God's working to get His covenant into the earth. He gets His covenant into the earth. And what's He ask Abraham for? His son. Is that right? Give me your son. You know, we we talk about sacrifice. Oh, wasn't that horrible? Well, it was a test of the covenant. God didn't want Abraham to kill his son. It was a test of the covenant. And Abraham went very willingly to do it. Built the altar, put the wood on the altar, tied his son up, raised his hand up, had the knife in his hand, was on the process of bringing the knife down. He was in mid-swing, coming down. And the angel of the Lord said, Stop! Don't touch him. Now I know. Is that right? What happened right then in God's mind and in Abraham's mind? Isaac was received as a sacrifice. Isaac was received as one that that was an intercessor, a redeemer. And Hebrews 11 says that in Abraham's mind and God's mind, Isaac was as good as dead. Because Abraham had already decided, God will raise him from the dead. Now, why, why is that important? Because the covenant terms have been completed. I'm saying all this for a reason. The covenant terms have been completed. And now, God can get His Son into the earth. Because the Son had been given. And in covenant terminology, if you give me something, I'm required to give it back to you. Right? Right? And so Jesus came into the earth 
through the avenue of the Holy Spirit because of the covenant that God made with Abraham. So Jesus came into the earth. He is legally authorized to operate and work in the earth because of the covenant terms that God made with Abraham. So God, when Jesus was on the earth, remember what scripture says? It says God was in Christ reconciling us to himself. And then Paul said, but now since Jesus has ascended to the right hand of God the Father, we beseech you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. Because it says he's now given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Is that right? So the Bible says Christ was in God. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil and God was with him. Right? Well, with doesn't mean that necessarily that he was walking there along with him. God's authority, God's power was with him. Why was it with him? Why was it in him? How was that possible? Because Jesus was the seed of Abraham and Abraham had given his son and God is now uh, 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 showing up his covenant part of this by sending his son. But remember in Matthew 28, Luke 21, Jesus came and he said, okay, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now I'm giving it to you. I'm about to go. I'm giving it to you. And you go into all the world and preach this gospel. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. Is that right? Freely it's been given. Freely given. What's freely been given? This authority, this power, this ability. Now you be free to give it. Hallelujah. And then he said, oh, and I'm going to send one called the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And now the Holy Ghost, does that make sense? So the Father creates, the Son redeems. His job right now, main job is to intercede for us. The Holy Spirit is in the earth. When, when you read through Scripture, I've had people say, well, you know, when, when is the rapture of the church going to occur? I can tell you, just I know just exactly when the rapture of the church is going to concern. I know just, I know exactly when it's going to happen. Exactly. Write it down. I can, I can tell you exactly when. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you right now, all you eschatology students, I'm going to tell you exactly when it happens. The moment the Holy Spirit leaves the earth. Because the, the book of 2 Thessalonians says that the one that is withholding is the church. And when he that withholds is taken out of the way, then the man of sin will be revealed. We're the ones withholding the Antichrist. And we're withholding the Antichrist because the Holy Spirit's here. And the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. If the Antichrist showed up while we're still here, we'd know it. Because we know all truth. Well, Pastor, nobody knows everything. Oh, we can know all truth. Now, I'm saying all this for a reason. So the Holy Spirit's in the earth. Drawing men and women to the Father to be reconciled through the Son. Jesus is at rest. The Father is at rest. The Holy Spirit is working. 
He is the member of the Godhead actually present in the earth. So God the Father and God the Son are presently at work in the earth through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I've done it. I've preached myself happy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Notice again. He will not speak of himself. John 16, 13. But he will, guide, he, he will not speak of himself. Whatever he hears, that will he speak. The Woosh Bible says he will not speak from himself as a source. But as many things as he hears, he will speak. Now, you can't overlook that. He's hearing something. So the Holy Spirit's not just speaking to you on his own accord. He's hearing something. When he speaks something to you, he heard it from somewhere. Why? It says he's not speaking from himself as a source. That's why Scripture says he's our what? Helper. Helper. He's a lead, a guide, not a maker, not a pusher, not a puller. He leads us. He guides us. He helps us. Right? If you, if, if you remember doing uh, uh, homework with your kids when they were little, you know, if, if you wanted to do it right and they're doing their math homework, they'd say, but I don't know the answer here. You'd go through the process. This is how we get the answer. I can't tell you how many times I heard my mother say, Philip Wayne, I'm not going to do it for you. I'll help you, but I'm not going to do it for you. The Holy Spirit will help you, but He's not going to do it for you. Amen. So the Holy Spirit, the Living Bible says, He will not be presenting His own ideas, but He'll be passing on to you what He has heard. Wow, that, that fires me up because I've got someone in the Godhead that is hearing direct communication from the Father and he's telling me. I don't care who you know. I don't care how much influential people you may know. There's nobody that has more influence than God. And you have a personal representative in the throne room that's telling you the words that fall from the lips of God Himself. You see why it's so important to know the Holy Spirit. My Lord and my God. So he passes on. He doesn't speak to himself from himself as a source. He's not the source of what he says. He passes on to us what he hears from the Father and the Son. So in the Son, we have representation in the throne room. Mankind, human man, has a representative in the throne room. There's a man in the Godhead. A flesh and bone man. Jesus. When Paul told Timothy, he said there's only one potentate, the man Jesus Christ. Right? He's a man in the Godhead. That gives humankind representation. Do you see this? But in the Holy Spirit, 
we have direct communication with the throne room. I have representation and communication. Hmm. So the father founded the business and delegated all authority over the business to the son for a period of time. And when we came into the business, we received the company communication plan called the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's like when, when, when you hire on a job, they go, oh, and, and, and you get a phone too. Praise God, I can communicate. When you got born again, you got the Father, you got the Son, and you got the Holy Spirit. I got redemption and communication. The Bible says that the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells on the inside of me because Jesus dwells on the inside of me. Mm-mm. So we have direct communication. To the throne room every day of our lives through the person of the Holy Spirit. So when you pray, it's directly communicated to the throne room. Not momentarily, not eventually, immediately. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Right? Notice this now Acts chapter 20. Am I helping you? We got to be skillful in this flow. This, this flow of understanding that the Holy Spirit is communicating to me what the Father says. Amen. Acts 20 and 22. Paul says, Now behold, I go bound in the Spirit under Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will befall me there, Save or that the, except that the Holy Ghost, can you say Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost witnesses or says in every city or warns in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Now who said? Why didn't he say the Lord said? Or the Father said? Because the Holy Ghost is a communication arm of the Godhead. The Phillips translation says the Holy Spirit warns me. Today's English says the Holy Spirit has warned me. The Living Bible says the Holy Spirit has told me. So notice who's communicating with Paul. Holy Spirit's communicating with Paul concerning what? The future. This is what's going to happen. Now, you can argue that Paul got out of the will of God, and, and I'm not going to say you're wrong. But here's the point. Whether he did or not is irrelevant in this, in this sense. It was the Holy Ghost talking to him. Amen. I've said this over and over again in this, in this series. In the day and age we live in, one of the most important things that you've got to press into is your communication with the Holy Spirit, your intimacy with the Holy Spirit, because he's the one talking to you. Well, but Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Where does his voice come through? The Holy Spirit. Amen. So he was dealing with Paul, communicating with him concerning the future. And so the Holy Spirit will speak to you the things that the Father sees. We talk about all these attributes of God. All right? Omniscience, knowing everything. Right? All knowledge, all knowing. If he's all knowing, you should listen. 
And He's given you all that knowledge through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one smart enough and wise enough in planet Earth to correctly convey to you the words of God. And He's conveying that to us. The Holy Spirit, according to Scripture, wrote the Bible. The reason why the Word can say that the Bible is so simple to understand that even a child cannot err in it is because the Holy Spirit wrote it. And it is so plain if I will just listen to what He's saying. Glory to God. So notice who's communicating with Him. The Holy Spirit. Concerning what? The future. But I hear Christians say this, well, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You have heaven's communication plan. It is an oxymoron for a Christian to say, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Y'all got quiet. (laughs) Is there anybody that had never said that? Thank you for not lying. Everybody said it. I don't have to say it. But when I get in a hurry, when I get overburdened, when I get concerned, I start saying things like, oh, I don't know what to do. I got to make a decision. I don't know what to do. You better not do anything until you get communication. And you don't get the communication that you often need because it requires time spent in His presence. you got to spend time in the presence of God listening to what God's saying to you through the Holy Spirit. If I don't spend time in His presence, right, I'm not putting myself in a position to hear. I can have a phone, which all of us, most of us do. I can have a phone, but if I leave it at home all the time, you can't reach me. Which may or may not be a good thing. On, on this phone right here, I, I can turn off notifications. Right? Matter of fact, most of mine are off. I made the decision some time ago. I'm, I'm in charge of when I look at this. It's not going to tell me when to look. So the dings and the buzzes and the bells are all off. So if, if you text me, I don't know it unless I check. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying A lot of people turn the Holy Spirit's notifications off. And he's trying to communicate, but I don't have the communication line open. Right? And so for a Christian to say, well, I don't know what to do, how are we good with that? When I can ask, and Scripture says he will show me things to come. He'll bring to my remembrance everything God told me. Right? So what what did God say about your future? Well, you know, you better go back and rehearse it. Because the Holy Spirit said something to you that should have been taken into your spirit and should have been held on to because He doesn't waste words. And He's not in the habit of repeating Himself. So when the Holy Spirit phone rings, you better answer. Because He's got something to say to us from the Father. Amen. So what did He say? What did He say to you? I don't know what He said. What did He say to you? Then i got to go back 
and I've got to say, I'm going to pick this communication up. I might have to go back and go through my Holy Spirit messages and find out on what day he said that, oh, there's that message, and pick it up and grab it and run with it again. Because if the Holy Spirit communicated that to me, the only person that's holding that back is me by a failure to act on what he communicated to me. Amen. You know, we hear great messages. You know, well, you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. And people in the church, amen, that's right. And they just keep right on waiting. If it's right, get busy. Let me go over here where they believe me. If it's right, get busy. If the Holy Spirit said it, get busy. Get busy doing what you can do. Yeah, but everything's not in place. And, and that's a big excuse. When you were waiting on a child and the child started to be born, you didn't say, no, you got to stay there because everything's not ready. Nobody in here was ready for a child to be born. You had never had children. You didn't know anything about raising a child. But yet you went through the process. And when the doctor communicated with you that you were pregnant, you started preparing for that child. You started buying things. You told people that you were pregnant and you didn't look pregnant there was no way that anybody could ever thought you were pregnant but there was a baby growing on the inside of you and that baby was going to be delivered the Bible says that the word of God is the seed of God and it goes into your spirit and it gets in there by the Holy Ghost and you are pregnant this morning with a communication from the Holy Ghost and that baby's coming get ready Glory be to God. Whoo! Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Pastor, you know what year we're in? I sure do. The year of expectation, manifestation, and transformation. Yeah, but you know what's going on in the world. Don't give a rip what's going on in the world. That's what the Holy Spirit said this year was. And it's going to happen in the face of everything the world's facing. It's going to happen in the face of what the government's dealing with. It's going to happen because the Holy Spirit said so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Ha, ha, ha. So it's going to happen. So what he said is going to happen. If he communicated that to you, it's going to occur. Look at Acts 21 and 4. Am I helping you? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Acts 21 and 4. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days. Who said to Paul, through the Spirit, that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Now again, whether you think Paul missed it or not, it's irrelevant. What I, what I want you to focus on is what the Holy Spirit said. The, it says the, they said this to Paul through the Spirit. Now I've heard ministers that I respect try to wiggle out of that because they're trying to prove that Paul didn't miss the Holy Ghost. It's a, I don't care if he did or not. But here's the, and you understand why when I say I don't care. That's irrelevant to what we're teaching. It says that they said this to Paul through the Spirit. And I've heard ministers say, well, you know, there's a difference between the Spirit saying something and it being said through the Spirit. That, that's a pretty weak argument. Through, if, if this word through means 
the channel of an act. So the Holy Spirit said through these men, don't go to Jerusalem. Is that plain? Paul had received his communication. Now, I'm going to stay away from did he miss it or not. But to me, that's plain. If if the Holy Spirit said through, uh, what's your name? Amy. (laughs) Mrs. Rusty. (laughs) Mrs. Leon. (laughs) If the Holy Spirit said through Amy to Debbie, don't go to Olathe today. And it was the Holy Spirit that said it. But he said it through her. Was it any less the Holy Spirit? So the Spirit communicated with him, don't go to Jerusalem. What's he doing? Giving him a direction. The communication arm. So is it possible that the Holy Spirit could say to you, don't take that job? Or take that job? Or don't get involved with that? Or don't do this? Or is, is that possible? What's my part? Be skilled in that flow. Look, I'm not 100%. I don't claim to have been ever 100% at this. But I know how my life has changed the better I get at it. Yeah, but you know, there's so many other voices. I know, and Paul said none of them are without significance. But Scripture says there's one voice that you should know and listen to. A lot of voices. There's people out there that that they don't mean bad, but you'll, you'll start, oh Lord, I can't get into that. You got to be careful who you're sharing the communication of the Holy Spirit with. Because there are people that are not spiritually minded that will start trying to talk you out of the communication. Well, you really think, does that make sense? I mean, right now, I mean, really, you think this is a good time? What, what did the Spirit say? That's who you stay with. Because those other voices are influenced by what they see, what they feel, what they... And sometimes it's out of a heart for you to be okay. They're worried about you. Right. Well, you know, now, I'd be careful now. I mean, I know you hear from God. Okay, if you know I hear from God, stop trying to talk me out of what I heard from God. <laughs> Amen? Okay, Holy Spirit, I'll say it just that way. The Lord just said this to me through the Holy Spirit. He said, you tell them that what I've asked them to do, that right now is as good a time as any to just go do it. You know, I drove by McDonald's today, and you realize the McDonald's is open. They had a line around the building out to the street. McDonald's didn't quit flipping burgers because of adversity. Don't let the devil convince you that you need to keep things in neutral or park or even in reverse because you're facing a bit of adversity. Get out there. The Holy Spirit's still moving. We got things to do. We got things to do. We got television stations to go on. We got churches to plant. We got preachers to ordain. We got graduates to graduate out of high school. We got babies to dedicate, marriages to perform. We got jobs to do, and we're not going to be able to get to heaven and say, but it was a pandemic, and Jesus is going to go, well, they killed me, and I kept preaching. 
A lady came into a friend of mine one time. She goes, uh, it's just so hard. People are persecuting me, and they're just all over me. And, and my pastor friend just looked at her and said, oh, my Lord, Jesus was perfect, and they killed him. What do you expect? <laughs> People are going to challenge you, right? But you have a direct communication with the Holy Spirit. If, if Brother Ricky Carter came to me and said, Pastor, I'm going to come by your house tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. and I'm going to pick you up and we're going to go such and such a place, right? And you came and said, hey, I want to come by and, and get you at 10. I'd say, no, Brother Rick said he's coming to pick me up at 10 o'clock. And if you said to me, well, now, are you sure he will? You know, he may not. No, I know him. He said he's going to be here, so he's going to be here. I'll let you go do whatever you want to do, but at 10 o'clock, I'm going to be right here because I have communication from the man himself that he's going to be here. What the Holy Spirit said is going to occur in your life is going to occur in your life. You just need to be like an old woman and waiting on the bus and you just stay right where you're at because the Holy Spirit's going to show up when He said He would. Amen. 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 Say out loud, the bus is coming, bus is coming. and I'm going to be here. That's good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. And Ron, if you don't pull out now, and if you get that thing back in gear, you'll see everything speed up and you'll see things come to you quicker than you ever imagined. Because what I saw in the Spirit was just for a moment, you just, you just put the thing over in neutral. Get it back in drive, son. You got things to do. Glory to God. Acts 21 and 11. Is this okay? You all in a hurry? Not docking me, right? <laughs> Acts 21, 11. And when he was come, Agabus the prophet, he took Paul's girdle, his belt, and bound his hands and feet, his own hands and feet, and said, this is what I think. No? no? Is that what it says? No. <laughs> said what? <laughs> Thus says the Holy Ghost. Is Agabus, Agabus, can they hear Agabus' voice? Yes. But who's saying? The Holy Ghost. What, what's going to happen? This is what will happen. The Jews will bind the man that owns his girdle and deliver him in the hands of the Gentiles. And sure enough, that's what happened. Now again, it's irrelevant whether you thought he should have won or not. What I want to get the point across to you is that God sent Agabus to Paul and the Holy Spirit spoke through him. Who was the Holy Spirit hearing from? The Father. The Father. So who was trying to direct Paul? The Father. Who, how was he doing it? Through the avenue of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right? The Bible says spirit answers to spirit. Not to intellect. Spirit doesn't answer to emotion. Spirit doesn't answer to intellect. It answers to spirit. The Bible says deep calls to deep. The Bible says God is a spirit. The Bible says, obviously, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. Proverbs 23 says the spirit of man is the Lord's searchlight. And it searches all the inward parts of the belly. John 7, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. 
right? So the God, the Father, communicates to the Holy Spirit, who is a spirit, who communicates to your spirit. Why, why does he do that? That is a closed system. The communication lines that we have with the Holy Spirit are impenetrable by the enemy. He does not even know what's being spoken to you if you don't tell it. Because he has no access to your spirit. None. It's a closed system. Isn't that great? More people need to utilize that. Not you. We're spirit-led people. I thank God you're so spirit-led. But there are multitudes of Christians that know nothing about being spirit-led. And the devil's got them like a puppet on a string. Was that God or was that not God? I don't know. I can't even hear God anymore. Why would you ever say that? I have the direct communication arm of the Spirit on the inside of me. Right? So God, who is a spirit, deals with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit talks to your spirit. And spirit calls to spirit. And that's, and, and, and that's why Luke 21 says that in the last days, people will be overcharged with drunkenness and surfeiting, and surfeiting is just an overindulgence on self. They'll be so overly indulged with uh, the things of this world and the problems and what they want to do and their desires. That's what the word really means is their desires, their wants, their lust. They'll be so overcharged with that that they won't even know what's happening spiritually. And whether you know it or not, we're there. In the middle of a pandemic, people are worried about football. That's double dumb. Well, Pastor, I like football. Well, I mean, that's okay. It's still dumb. I could give a rip what's going to happen to any football team, basketball team, baseball team. We, we got a world that needs walls rebuilt. We got people whose lives have fell down around their ears. You know some of them. And we got to rebuild the walls. The Holy Spirit will tell us how to do it. This He said in the word he gave us, it's not a time for sitting and waiting. It's a time for acting and taking. Who said that? The Father. And who did he tell it to? The Holy Spirit. Who communicated it with who? Us. Amen. Do you remember uh, if, if it was here or maybe it was in Little Rock? It may, may have been a little rock. Uh, no, it was here. Because the Holy Spirit began to show us something. And he talked about an awakening that was beginning in the north. Right? And, and in the spirit, I saw like around Nebraska and up, up, up towards the north. And, and we saw it, what, remember we saw it come down and it went to uh, uh, Texas, around Dallas-Fort Worth. And he talked about an awakening. Now, Rusty and Amy were at that meeting. Some, some others may have been. They were at that meeting that Brother Copeland had. And didn't the banner over the platform say an awakening to God? 
that they were meeting for an awakening to God. God told us it was gonna it was gonna go down to Texas, and then it was gonna come over, and it was gonna go down in the south of the nation, and it was gonna go through places like Little Rock and the South. And He said it was gonna be an awakening to God. The Holy Spirit is communicating to us what we need to keep our focus on. There's a harvest coming. There's an awakening coming. There are souls that are gonna be born again into the kingdom of God. That's what we got to keep our focus on. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Acts 16. I'm hurrying a little. A touch. Not much. You know, I figure we don't have anything else to do. There's people binge watching Netflix today. We can binge on the Word. We keep you too late, we'll just give you a break and start up evening service. Hallelujah. I saw some of y'all go, ha, 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 ha. Do you think he would? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's Earl. Acts 16, verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, now notice, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now, why would he forbid them to preach the word in Asia? Don't know. Don't care. We're told that they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost. Forbidden by who? So if you're going somewhere to do something that you shouldn't do, if I'm listening, the Holy Spirit, by the Father, will communicate to me not to do that. Is that right? Look at verse 7. After they came to Mesia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. The who? The Spirit. That would be the Holy Spirit. The Greek says the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Did not suffer them. This carries the idea he restrained them. He wouldn't allow it. In other words, he kept communicating with them, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. Everybody say this out loud. Holy Spirit, Spirit. if I'm about to go somewhere wrong or make a wrong decision, decision. don't suffer me to do it. it. Restrain Restrain me. Talk to me. Advise me, and I'll listen. Hallelujah. Do you see this? The Living Bible says the Holy Spirit told them not to go. I've heard people make statements like this. Well, you know, I got in this mess, and, 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 and you know, the whole time I was heading there, listen, something. Something? Now, we know it was someone, but how is it that a believer that should have intimacy with the Holy Spirit only recognizes Him as something and is not completely clear who it was talking to them? Because the one that I do not spend time communicating with, I'm not clear of who their voice is. 
Amen? It says, but again, the Spirit of Jesus said no. So the Holy Spirit does not communicate for no reason. He's never just saying. Amen. That's a, say, a statement I hear today. Well, you know, I'm just saying. Well, don't ever just be saying. We're never just saying. Your words mean something. Right? There was something they avoided. I'm reminded of a couple of instances. I had my friend Noel Ramos was coming to the church. We had him scheduled to come. And you remember we eventually had that meeting, three days of glory, a powerful meeting. But I got up one morning, and I was just praying about some things, and the Lord said, cancel that meeting. Well, I don't like to cancel meetings. Right? Especially just a few days before it. And uh, I got one better for you in just a moment. But uh, yeah, I, hear, hear what I'm saying. You've heard me say this before. The problem with knowing that you're hearing God's voice is that you know you're hearing God's voice. If you know it's the Holy Spirit, you're really painted into a corner. You really don't have an option. I mean, you do in the sense of a natural will, but if you know it's the Holy Ghost speaking, you really don't have an option. Do you? No. And so I knew it was the Holy Spirit, so I called him. I said, uh, Pastor Noel, this is uh, uh, Pastor Philip. And, and I said, I, I don't know what this is all about, but I just keep, keeps coming up in my spirit. We're not supposed to have this meeting right now. And he said, look, I understand. I'm, I'm led by the Spirit. And I knew he was a spiritual man. When you're dealing with people that are led by the Spirit and have the Holy Ghost, what you got to remember is if God tells you to do something that, that is going to affect them or has to do with them, they have the same Holy Ghost. Amen. And if they're listening, He spoke to them. Amen. And so we canceled the meeting. Didn't know why. When uh, Brother Jerry was going to be with us here back, what, in uh, May? Was it May? Yeah, May. And uh, uh, we had the meeting scheduled. We'd had the advertising out. And I was coming up. You know, I was going to be here on Sunday. And, and then we're going to have the meeting on Wednesday. Coming up on Saturday, just right here, right here, right here. I sense these words. Uh, you may not be having this meeting. That's all I heard. Then here, here, right here. And I called my wife and I said, honey, I... I said, I'm just telling you this because I, I, I perceived this by the Holy Spirit. I said, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit said to me that we may not be having this meeting. Well, they already had to cancel one in Little Rock for uh, uh, an issue back in April. And so I just went on. Here's the thing about when the Holy Spirit says something to you, don't just make a knee-jerk reaction. He said something, walk it out. Because he's communicating with you. And as you go, communication will get stronger. And so I just went on. I didn't say anything to anybody. Why don't we say something to somebody? Because people will start saying, you really think so? And are you sure? And, and, right? and now you've got 14 other voices to think about. So I just kept it quiet. And we came to church. Boy, we had church. We had a, a humdinger. You all know what a humdinger is, right? 
Mark Hankins told a story one time, and when he was a boy growing up in church, I'm almost done, so I can tell a story. His father was B.B. Hankins, and uh, uh, they had this evangelist in every year, and every year they had this evangelist, and this woman in the church, true story, she didn't think too much of him. And uh, so one night before the service, they turned it over, was about to turn it over to the evangelist, and, and the sister stood up and said, Brother Hankins, could I say something? He said, yes. She said, I have a word for the evangelist. And he said, okay, it's a true story. And she said, yea, my son, thou thinkest that thou art a humdinger. But thou art not a humdinger. Thou art only a dinger. (laughs) So we have had a humdinger, not just a dinger. Oh, where was I? Brother Jerry, yeah. And uh, we had church. Boy, we had a good service. And, uh, uh, but the next morning, Monday morning, it, the only way I know to explain this, it almost doubled me over. It was so strong in my spirit. And the Lord said to me, he said, you canceled this meeting. <clears throat> Does anybody want to call Jerry Savelle and cancel him. He's a friend of ours. He's a mentor of ours. We love Brother Jerry. He loves us. But here's something that came up to me. He has the same Holy Spirit I have. So again, I had to wait till the office opened, so I went and did some things, and the whole time I'm just praying in the Holy Spirit because I don't want to start talking to people and get the communication line all plugged up. Anybody in here old enough to remember party line? A party line. Oh, I see a lot of y'all. All right, I'm at home. Right? And there was a noise. Remember there'd be a noise? And you could tell when somebody picked up the party line. And it cut you off after a while. If you talked too long, it cut you off because other people needed the phone. A lot of people have a spiritual party line going on. They got all these voices talking to them. I didn't want to fog uh, 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 it up. And so I, I did talk to my wife, and that, that was about it. And so the office opened, and I called, and I talked to his assistant. And I said, would you please have Brother Jerry call me? And I said, I'm, I'm picking up something about these meetings. And she made this statement to me. It's interesting. She said, well, he called me and asked me if the meeting was still on. And I said, well, that's good. I, I, I need to talk to him. And so... Uh, she called, uh, called him, and he returned my call. And I was sitting there, and, and we were speaking. And I said, well, Brother Jerry, I don't know all of it, but I, I just I feel like we're not supposed to have this meeting. And first words out of his mouth, he said, Philip, that's God. He said, yesterday morning I preached at our church, and when I got out of the pulpit, I heard in my spirit, we're not going to have that meeting. Now people say, Why? I don't know. I don't need to know why. If you tell your child, no, you're not going to that person's house. And they say, well, why not? I don't have to tell you why. You're not going. Because I'm telling you, you're not going. You don't need to know why not. That make sense? 
So I don't need to know why. I just need to know he said don't do it. What, what do I think? We avoided something. In both instances, we avoided something. Right? Now I'll leave you with this. That's where you go, oh. Because I'm not done. I just got to find a place to stop. So in order to have that level of interaction, what do I have to do? Communicate with the Holy Spirit. I have to engage Him on a regular basis. You can write these down. Galatians 4, 6 and Romans 8, 8, 15 and 16. Both of them say that the Holy Spirit cries out that God is our Father. Both of them. So the Holy Spirit is communicating how much God loves us. It doesn't say, you cry out, Abba, Father. It says, God has sent the Holy Spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Do you see that? So say it out loud. I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. He communicates with me, and I listen, and I respond accordingly. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, stand up, everybody. Good to see you.